my fellow mortal realms, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come where the courage of Sigmar fails, from where we forsake our oaths of loyalty and break faith with our allies. But it is not, th it is not this day, our hour of wolves of shattering shield, when the age of chaos comes crashing down. But it is not our day, this day we fight. All right, this this is by the way is a chat GPT uh, <laughs> flip around of like uh, was it Braveheart uh, yeah, and Mel Gibson, but for Age of Sigma. But by Sigma, I swear that we will not be slaves to the force of chaos. We will not bow down to their twisted gods. We will fight for their freedom and for the future of our families and for the mortal realms. So let us take up our arms and stand tall as Stormcast Eternals, as the sons of Grimnir, as the Kurnoth Hunters and the Iron Jaws, and the Free People and the Cities of Sigmar. And let us fight today, uh, one day together, for Sigmar, for order, for the mortal realms. Now, let's march forth and face our enemies with courage and determinations, for today we fight for our very survival. <laughs> And the and the uh, Oscar goes too. Okay, I, I okay. I, I like this. I like this. All right. So next time, I want to do. I'll do it, and I want it to be the speech from Independence Day. Okay, we'll get a chat chat GBT. Is that what it's called? <laughs> so g'day and welcome to the finest hour, episode two of season one. Uh, that introduction was sent to us by Vlad, um, uh, fan of the channel, and um, he was showing me a couple of examples of Chat GPT, the AI. Uh, tool that people have probably heard a lot about and he'll show me a couple of scripts and examples of like adjust age of sigma versions of x y and z and i saw that braveheart one and i'm like all right let's let's intro it let's see how badly i butcher things and i think i did all right that's good respect <laughs> it respect it yeah it's, it's almost oh, that, like it's almost like uh public was you know it can be a little cringy but if you just go into it and just like yeah you know you, you, it, it works I tell you what, though, uh, I saw your face and I almost broke when it talked about the Kurnoth Hunters and the Iron Jaws. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah, they don't, yeah, no, no, my Iron Jaws aren't part of that. But hey, Chat GBD tried, you know, it's a 40K player. Shout out to AI. How good is that? They're going to take our jobs one day. I'll, oh, I'll, like, I'll be doing battle reports and like Chat GBT doing the work. So Shu like posted some AI models. And he had to let me know, oh, these aren't real models. These are just like some AI stuff. And I'm just like, and you'll see, you see all the people, the profile pics and stuff. But I'm like, I don't want the, I don't want the government having my business like that. So I ain't going to submit nothing. But, you know, the same, same thing when it comes to like ancestry. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of like, when I see chat, chat GPT, I think of uh, the Terminator. I'm like, we're just feeding the machine. Yeah. Eventually they're going to take over and, um, but this is the finest hour where Jack from Rerolling Ones and myself from AOS Coach, we come together once a month to, to talk a little bit more informally than we normally do. Jack obviously is a master of battle reports. I'm an okay talking head when it comes to Age of Sigma. And today's episode is going to be about starting an army. And a lot of questions came up about whether it's starting your first army for the first time or whether it is going to your next one. Um, a lot of people were kind of asking, and thank you to everyone who submitted their questions, like, how do we do it? 
Like, yeah. how do you know that you've made the right decision and how do you, uh, you know, expand and, and, and make a choice? So that'll be our topic. But before we get to that, g'day, Jack, what is going on? How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. This will probably be the last uh, episode here because I got a cool new place, a great opportunity. Um, but um, as far as uh, how I've been doing, I went to a GT recently. Uh, and I've been, um, I have been hobbying more and, um, I was working on the new, uh, uh, the new corn model, the new, uh, the realm gorger or like the priest, the new one, right? Realm scourge, uh, ritualist. I think it is. Ritualist. Yes. I've been working on the ritualist and it reminded me how much, uh, I, how much enjoyment you can get from painting. Cause you know, it kind of, it was like, for me, it was like, ah, I don't want to paint. I was, especially I, I found the, the, uh, <laughs> the great, uh, the great wealth of just time saving that commission painting is, and I can you can fall into that trap. Well, I just get this commission, but like you can really have be creative and like, oh, this is coming together very well. And so I'm having a blast painting her. Uh, almost finished there. And uh, and as far as like you know, you know, the hobby sparkle party was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I missed there's a lot of faces I missed, uh, and it's it's we have a great community up here in the Pacific Northwest. So tell me, what is Sparkle Party and what did you bring and how did you go? Okay. So Sparkle Party is a, a, a grand tournament put on by a Dimensional Cascade, which is a local uh, competitive group up here, um, by uh, head up by Matt Beasley, um, Ricky, uh, who is a beautiful painter. and uh, But Matt Beasley, he's on Team America. He's, you know, you probably, if you keep track of ITC, you've probably seen his name up there. Um, I've never actually beat Matt Beasley in a tournament play. He's really good, but I have beat him at his house. So I'll, I'll take that one win. Um, that counts. That yeah, counts. It, can't, totally counts. it was just me and him there. But yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is like, you know, my goal this year was to get, you know, get good, but get back to, you know, 2021 Jack, when I was winning tournaments and coming second in GTs, I should have won that one. Um, but you know, like, but this is like, and so like, and you have to put in the work though. I didn't want to be that guy sitting at a GT going over my battle tactics. Like, mm, what can I do? What I do? So I built my list knowing and like shout out to my boy Mason. Put I put together a roadmap. All right, you know, okay, this is going to be my tactic for this one, knowing the missions and all that stuff. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, played uh, my first round. So I took uh, Settler's Game, which was like a mix of Lumineth, Cities of Sigmar. It's one of those things I, I figured out I was a Johnny. Where it's one of those, I put all the things together and I want to present it to the world. And, uh, you know, so I ran a Valinor, the Stoneheart King, and a uh, uh, Frostheart Phoenix, anointed on Frostheart. So you have a minus one to hit, minus one to wound or running around. And You're annoying. You're already <laughs> annoying. Let me just call that. That's so uh, annoying. Minus one to hit, minus one to wound. Like Just those guys, those power pair going around. I had oh. some crossbowmen, you know, battle mage. I can bridge on a three up re-rolling with Master of Magic. It was. It had some really cool techie pieces I enjoyed, and so I got to play a really cool game against Stark and his uh, Stormcast. And I got to also, you know, because I learned by playing, and I got to learn. You need to re respect protectors. Protectors are really good, and uh, so I had a really good turn one where my my purple son was just like, "Oh, you're dead, and you're dead, and you're dead." One of those kind of turns. Uh, so I, I had a really good turn one, turn two. But then, of course, uh, your opponent gets to go. Like, if I just got to go, I would have been great. But, you know, <laughs> but your opponent gets to go. And so I had a close game. Second game, uh, a Steven in his Iron Jaws, which is one of those things, like, a lot of it was in ignorance. Because I know Iron Jaws, Gorg Runners. Got to get the Gorg Runners. 
now brutes are really good too brutes are really good too and like and so a lot of times you lose you learn and i definitely learned those both first two games and played against night hunt and it was is one of those games where it's like oh yeah i'm good at this because you're i'm winning through i need to do this and this and tactics and it's not just like okay i killed all my enemies now i'm sitting on the the objectives i really think oh i know how to play this game i know how to react to his movements and the uh so that was the first day again i um then i went out had a lot of fun and it was like you know what i like sleep as well and so i didn't go to <laughs> i pulled oh, the LVO. Did you do an LVO? So, so for anyone who doesn't know this, before before Jack tries to like convince and say what happened, so like LVO, which was obviously it started the January or late late January, um, Jack went missing. So we had a great day of karaoke and like I had you know day one and all the all that great stuff, and then Jack just disappeared for another day or two, and it turns out you know partied a little bit hard. But he just completely phantom from day two. And uh, it seems like the cycle has been repeated where Jack does well or plays day one and then uh, phantoms day two. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's um, I, I I had a lot of fun, you know, <laughs> and it's one of those things I and I realized, too, because, uh, you know, locally, we kind of stopped having RTTs. It was it was just DT or nothing. And like and so I hadn't been able to you have to build up your stamina yeah because five games aos and it's like it was one of those things like i just looked at myself like i don't want to play warhammer tomorrow it's like and i'm a grown man and you and i you know it's not all like i do what i want because you you do kind of mess up other people's stuff it is a little selfish because you're like all right somebody dropped and now somebody has a buy and uh, it ended up working out both times um but and so i want to definitely know with this move and stuff i'll be going to more rtts to build up that stamina to be like okay i have the mental and the physical like energy to go do two more games of warhammer and so uh yeah but i didn't go to day two but i still had a lot of fun <laughs> so I as long as you, as long as you had fun and you talked to the to um look I, I think there's a couple of things here that maybe is a future episode but like there's plenty of times where you'll face an opponent, especially at like not a GT, like it could be a local game store. It could be a casual like one day at your local store. Uh, RTT, by the way, is just like your your one day competitive, yeah. like three games at a store is uh, the traditional. It, it comes from a history of like the rogue trader tournaments, but actually it's not an Age of Sigma language. But Yeah, um, we should come up with our own name. There's, there's <laughs> something in what you said before about the fact that if you don't enjoy playing somebody and there's nothing on the line, it's like, you know what? Just have the win. You know what? Mm. I don't, I, I'm not enjoying this game. We're not having fun. We don't have rapport. Um, you may not want to be as confrontational. Like, you know what? You just want the win more than I do have it and, you know, walk away from the table. Not every game, please don't do that. But um, I think there's something in that where it's okay to walk away. It's okay. Mm. Uh, if you're not having a good time to come day two, but I think also, um, I think you you build up your stamina if you push forward. So uh, I'm not giving everyone an excuse, just a consideration. Yeah, next time, this was the last one. I'm gonna you know stick it out. Oh <laughs> uh, well, well what, uh, what's the next what's the next tournament? And uh, I want to I want to I want to see a proper commitment. There are actually two RTTs in April, um, locally, and so I want to because the uh, I really like you know I, I'll tell you about future mindset. So I'm looking at. The uh, releases where they're showing, hey, there's some new Cities of Sigmar stuff coming out. Uh, and so you're like, well, it looks like Free Guild's getting redone with the Dawnbringer Crusade. 
and a lot of my um, settlers gain list has a lot of free guild in it. And so it's just like, uh, man, do I want to keep using it? Even though, cause it's gonna, you know, I'm a big, I'm like Warhammer bougie. If there's new models, I don't want to use the old ones. And so I'm like, I have all these crossbowmen. I'm like, ah, why do I finish up the last touches on them? Cause I do want it, it my, my settlers gain army looks, it's, it's really cool concept. I got a custom like Phoenix and stuff, but the US open is coming up here in July. And so I'm like, I want that army for that thing because it just looks cool. And, um, and then we can send those models off to, you know, the, uh, the great plastic bin in the sky, whatever, and then get no. the new stuff. And so, no, no, you'll be, re you'll be rebasing them onto squares for the old world. <laughs> there we go. Hey, there we go. Hey, think of, that's all I like you, coach. Think positive. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go to one of those RTTs and play all three games. And, uh, you know, have my roadmap. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. What about you, sir? How have uh, you been? I have had an AOS uh, holiday. I have not played a single game. I have not painted a model. And I've done a little bit of building. Um, so, like, for off the record, like, the, the amount of battle tomes that have come out, I think um, I've worked out that by the time... The end of this month, I think I would have done seven battle tome previews uh, in three months, um, which is ridiculous. Like it's battle tome every week, every two weeks. So um, that's really taken up a, a lot of my hobby time. But I have done a little bit of my army just on display board. Uh, I've done some converting. I've been uh, building some of my Slaves to Darkness Slanesh army. Um, I've been working on my Demon Prince, uh, a nod to the old Demon Prince Azazel. Um, and I've also been building, and it's not quite ready just yet. I've still got a whole bunch of conversion on. There's another hero from the old world. It was a snake lady, basically. Uh, it's called the Chala. And mm -hmm. um, she will be like the leader for the, the foot hero, like the, the, the it was an exalted hero yeah. on foot. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm going to have basically... Um, a nod to the old world in each of my my units. So I've got the boob snake. Um, I don't know if you remember the old boob snake. Oh, yeah, Google yeah. it. Uh, it is it's 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 a real thing. It's not going to bring up some hentai. I'm not shaming you if you like that. But <laughs> it like there's like this model where there's like a really cool snake with a chaos lord. Um, yeah. That'll be like working with my um my yeah. Who uh, kind of has like the Spartan helmet on it and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a re it's model. really cool model. Really cool model. I got my hands on that. Obviously, Zazel, the Demon Prince. And, um, yeah, just been converting and kit bashing. And I think once once the new Battle Tomes for Death come out, um, I will be – yeah, I'll be able to do yeah. some hobby again. Like, I'm looking at my, my pile and I'm going, <laughs> but what I have I done? I have done everything under the sun. I went to a metal festival called Knotfest. So I got to see, like, a Monomath and Slipknot. And uh, there's so many cool bands, like so many, so many awesome bands like Megadeth and I think Parkway Drive and Trivium. And um, I got to go to a Weed Owl concert. I love Weed Owl. And I got to meet Weed <laughs> Owl, awesome. which was incredible. And uh, also went to, like, a pro wrestling show and got to meet a whole bunch of uh, international mm -hmm. uh, pro wrestlers like Matt Cardona and, and things like that. So that was basically a lot of cool things, but there's no AOS. That's, no that's AOS. Awesome. You do need a break at times. It's like... You kind of get just stuck in something. You're like, oh, there's other interests I have outside of this. It's been a it's been a real weird one for me. I don't know what it's like for you, Jack, but I come off LVO 
and that was the old general's handbook um i kind of you know took a little bit of a break in february battle tomes were coming out um i've got an i've got a, a gt and a couple of rtt's coming up pretty soon but i feel like by the time i'm getting to, into my swing this edition which is like early april we're kind of at the halfway mark yeah like we've, we've got another general's handbook coming in june so it's almost like I'm like uh, i can almost write this half season off yeah, that that's why I did the season before this one, where it was just yeah. like and trying to get caught up on this one. And you realize, you know, we talked about it last episode. It's like, is it too fast? Because you like when they do the Cities of Sigmar preview, they got the little GHB right there with it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that is just it's like it is it's very fast. And then you realize because I'm like 10th edition 40k is coming out. I'm like, wait, wait, ninth edition just came out. I played one game in that. I'm not a 4K player, but it's just like, oh, this is in like we have next day, you know, next edition AOS next year. It's like, oh, this is just the new normal kind of thing you got to get used to. I'm hoping that the next general's handbook is a year again. I, I think generally what I'm hearing is a lot of people were unhappy, and I think the rate was was too fast. The other thing as well is um again, I feel it like I've done seven battle tone previews this year. Like back end of last year, there was at least another six when you when you count them all up. The rate of battle tomes coming out has been ridiculous, but it almost feels like they needed to get it out so that come June they can focus on 40k. And really, all we have left, really, depending on when Seraphon comes out, and let's put Seraphon to the side for a minute. We know that's coming, just don't know when. Um, we've also got Flesh Eater Courts, Cities of Sigma. That's it. Yeah. Other than like revisiting Stormcast, revisiting any other army, that's it. Something new. Yeah, that's it. Just, and then you're like, you know, hopefully this next edition, like if we could use, you know, these books for a while. But, you know, we'll see what, you know, they're trying to make money, trying to sell stuff. And, you know, it's like a living game, which is interesting from like the Warhammer I grew up on to now. It's like, oh, it's a living, breathing. The internet just causes everything to go faster. Like, oh, we messed up here, change that rule real quick. And it's like, and it's like you appreciate it, but I think we can take it for granted as well. Back in the day, like that broken battle tome or army book would last you years. Like wood elves. I remember them being busted in eighth edition. I think dark elves in six were a bit busted, but the rate of change was so slow that it never, it just, you lived with it. And that's where comping kind of came in. But um, it's interesting. Like, I think when we move into the next general's handbook, if most of the battle tomes are done, I feel like some camp campaign books are going to come, right? Like, you know, Arcs of Omen, we had the Broken Realms. I wonder if that's how we get some expansion and some some narrative kind of progressing. A little malign portents. <laughs> what is malign portents? It's so, it was so mysterious. I love that, by the way. Malign yeah, portents was such a cool portents. campaign. A countdown, and all of a sudden, hey, this is malign portents. Yeah, those four little heroes of the of the of the portents. You had the little mm -hmm. uh, the, the excruciator. You had the uh, the dark oath queen. You had uh, the gloom spike gets fungoid. That, that was great. It was such a cool time. Do you want to talk about the topic? Do you want to get yeah, into like like we we're, like we're talking already? Like I, I'm <laughs> excited about this one because it is something that people ask. We probably all get asked this right, and whether you are a uh, somebody who is brand new for the first time, maybe you're watching this and you have not picked up your first Age of Sigmar army. Hello, welcome. Um, maybe you're starting and you don't quite know where to go and, and what to do, or maybe you've got an army you love, but you're feeling the itch and you're like, I want to I start another army. 
so I guess the topic of today and, and what we're going to spend the, the, the main segment on is how do we start an army? And Jack, I'm sure you would agree with me. Um, what we say is not the golden truth. It's just our mm -hmm. two opinions. Yeah. And as, if you don't agree with the way we do things mm -hmm. or if your circumstances are different, like that's cool. It's just how, how we approach the, the process of armies. So yeah, it's like, yeah, it's one of those things trying to get to thing. You know, this is like, and also like, we'll point out like my hobby journey is not going to reflect most people being that like, you know, getting into it, the time I got into it and also being a content creator, like we're able to, it's like, it's not the normal, you know, cause you're able to get access to stuff like, you know, through GW or like through, you know, one thing I learned doing this is like, you know, if, a, if somebody who digs what you do, is a, enjoys all your stuff, like wants to support, I learned to just say, well, thank you. I will, I will appreciate the support. And so like, I've gotten like units and models through that. And I always want to give people shout outs and much love. Like, and you know, it's always nice to get those messages like, oh, that's why you did from the thing. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, I wish I could have rolled better, but yeah, that is the, <laughs> the model you painted on the unit you did. And like, you know, much love to everybody who's like supported the channel throughout the years. But that isn't unique to you, right? Like I'm going to bring you back a little because while you do battle reports and people want to contribute to you, um, that's not quite unique because I see so many people, whether they start an army and they're like, look, this is not for me. I just want to pass it on. Yeah. Uh, I see people who exit the hobby or maybe they they tried our game. They want to go to something at a smaller scale like Marvel or whatever. Um, I see people give them away and do them dirt cheap as well. So um sometimes and like i haven't been privileged for anyone to give me an army or give me units like that <laughs> um while waiting for the day really it's expensive <laughs> in australia but Ooh. like like th th those things you can't rely on and it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. when you see it you take it but yeah. talk to me at age of sigma let's let's start the topic and what was your first Age of Sigmar army? And I'm saying Age of Sigmar because I started in fantasy battles and I'm not going to go down that road because the world of fantasy battles and how we did things is very different. So let's mm -hmm. talk Age of Sigmar and what was it? What was your first army? First army was uh, like Stormcast. I, it, came in the, uh, it came in the box. Like, so my getting back into the hobby, like, you know, we mentioned we are old school 90s, you know, fantasy players. And like, I took a, like a almost 15 year break and so getting back into it, like, you know, I was just hanging out with my brother where, you know, he was in his early 40s. I was in my mid 30s. We're like, we should play Warhammer again. And then I'm like, all right, what is Age of Sigmar? What did you guys do while we were gone? There's that couch is on fire. The what is like, what happened to this place? It's a mess. And But like being like, I didn't have that negative people that a lot of people initially carried over. They, they took something from me and gave me this. I was like, what happened? I'm just, I was just more curious. And so, uh, and so Stormcast came in the box. And so I, that's what I started with. It was the first, and it, was, it wasn't even supposed to be like, it was a placeholder army until I got to play what I wanted to play, which was like Slanesh, because I still had some stuff from back in the day, some Juan Diaz and all this stuff. And so, you know, and just Stormcast was the first one. Which, which box? Because Stormcast has been in three boxes now. Oh, the, the first, the, the corn. Uh, Stormcast won the initial Age of Sigmar box. And so yeah, I got into the hobby. Like, I remember walking around and like KO had just like a white dwarf with KO just had KO. And so it was the first GHB. And that's when I got into the hobby. 
Nice. My my first Age of Sigmar army. So I I was the person that was um you took something from me and I had rebased <laughs> I'd rebased my empire to be free people and then eventually cities of Sigma. But my first proper uh Age of Sigmar army um was Gits. Was Glimpse by Gits. Mm -hmm. Glimpse by Gits. I played free people for ages, um, did quite successfully, really enjoyed it. And oh no, sorry, I lied. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was not Gits. It was technically Flesh Eater Courts. So, so here's how our journeys can be very different. So I went over to the UK in at the end of 2017. Um, and I played at Blood and Glory, which was a UK tournament at the time. It was about 100, 150 people. Uh, took my free people over, got to play on the GW's Battle Report stream, amazing experience. And at the cost of GW product in the UK was literally half price to Australia. So at Warhammer World, I bought four <laughs> start collecting boxes. I bought four start collecting boxes of Flesh Eater Courts. And my plane ride over to the UK, I read the entire battle tome of Flesh Eater Courts, and I was hooked on this, the Grand Delusion. I was hooked on the lore, and I was so excited to, when I got home, um, take those four start collecting boxes and build something and play Flesh Eater Courts, which is what mm -hmm. I did. Um, I built my ghouls. Um, a little bit frustrated at the time because I wanted to play... There was, a bat uh, there was a battalion called the Royal Menagerie, which is essentially now what's called Grizzlegore. Mm -hmm. It was about taking Terrorgeist and zombie dragons, and it was meant to be like a monster army, but they weren't battle line at the time. So I had to put in my army these ghouls. So I found it really restrictive at the time, and then all of a sudden Legions of Nagash got launched, and I'm like, wait a second. These boxes come dual kits, Zombie dragons, terror guys are both in uh, in legions of Nagash, which is now what you know as uh, Soul Black Grave Lords. Mm -hmm. um, the mount you can build um, a vampire lord on there as well. And then I mm -hmm. saw it, and I'm like, I'm like, Flesh Eater Court's play style wasn't for me. Like it wasn't working for me. And this um, is the first book, right? This is the original Flesh yeah, Eater original Courts book, yeah. because of the battle line restriction. I'm like, I can't do what I want to do. And then I saw like the flashiness of like having a horde of skellies running Manfred and Isabel, uh, I'm sorry, and Neferata. Um, so I, I quickly pivoted from my, my <laughs> from that to, to, to solve like Grave Lords or formerly the Legions of Nagash. Did you have the, uh, the terror guys built yet or they were still in the box before you decided to pivot? I built them all, um, but they were all in the processes of being painted, but I'd never glued the mounts. So I magnetized the mounts just because for ease of transport, especially with the the GW cases. But so switching actually was quite easy because mm -hmm. um, the flayers um, are vargeists. Mm -hmm. So, so like it's actually a really good dual box that is no longer around, but um, it made it very easy to switch to legions of um, of Nagash. That's actually like a that's a, a kit. That's a triple. You got the Crypt Flayers, the Vargeist, and the Crypt Horrors. And that, they could have made a fourth. They could have made like a Vargeist sort of horror mashup. And like, but they didn't. I think the other thing that kind of annoyed me about um, about uh, Flesh Eater Courts uh, Games Workshop fixed this is um, with the Flesh Eater Courts box, and it's still to this day. If you want like a courtier, whether you want a, a like a ghoul courtier, you want one of the little heroes, you've got to break up a kit. 
So like you you could build a, buy a box of like three flayers and have like a, a courtier, like a, two different versions of a courtier. And I've got this one idiot I can't do anything with. It was kind of annoying. Yeah. So and it's like it would like that's why I like, you know, going forward, who knows what they're gonna do with uh Fleischer, of course later, but like I would love a unique hero for each where it's just like, well, this is just a champion on a bigger base for the ghoul one. And it's just like uh it's almost you don't say lazy, but you know, you can they working with what they have, but you'd more want a more unique sort of thing. My prayer would be to build an Underworlds Warband. Just do an Underworlds Warband because a lot of people buy those Underworlds as like a replacement for champions and things like that. Have a Varga, have a have a uh, Flayer uh, Courtier, have a Horror Courtier, have a Ghoul Courtier. Yeah, that's perfect. Hey. Like that's Who's a way hired? to expand <laughs> the range, right? Like boom, boom, hire me, hire me, GW so so why why did you choose so i just i just shared my story on how i got into flesh eater courts cost it was was great for me although that that could happen at any time i could have bought any start collecting box um but the law really for that flesh eater courts and even the legions of Nagash when i ported over the law the law caught me a lot but what got you into stormcast i know you said it was a a placeholder yeah, but yeah. was it just I'm that sorry. I know what like had me fall in love with it, I guess, because it it was just meant to be a placeholder one. Because like like for my Warhammer journey, my older brother is just was there, like like lockstep, like almost I just followed him, and I just kind of took off with it, and became a lot better. Uh, but and so it was just you know I remember the first time I played, he had his, his Seraphon now, he was because he still had his old Lizardman, and then now he had a Seraphon, and you know. And I was still, you know, I hadn't played for 15 years. So I still had my teenage, you know, early 20 tactics, which is boom, go forward. And we played and he just, and he had gone through his book. He learned all his rules and everything. And he kicked the snot out of me. And I was like, oh my, did I just waste? I hate it. I didn't have fun at all. I was like, did I just waste a bunch of money? And I'm like, can I, you know, you know, at the time up here, especially in our area, like um, Private Press is, Press is a, a local company. And so you're going to local game shops and everybody's playing War Machines and Horde. And so I, I talked to a, just an employee at a local game store and I was like, did I waste my money? Is nobody playing Age of Sigmar? And he was like, yeah. And so I was like, man, but I'm like, I have this like loyalty to this game I played as a child. And so I'm still sticking it out. And of course I discovered the internet, you know, discovered the internet, but going on the internet, that's how I found Two Plus Tough, found out he was local, became friends with him. And that's how I started this journey. But going back to Stormcast, I, I realized, all right, I'm going to learn how to play. And so, and I discovered like, okay, how can I beat my brother? That's all I cared about. I don't want to win tournaments and make battle reports. I want to beat my brother. And so I'm like, okay, these long strikes look pretty good. Well, I can just take a bunch of them. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I remember I took a photo. I'll send you the photo. I took a photo like if you've seen the movie Memento, where he takes the photo and points at his chest because this is where he's going to put the, you know, I got revenge. But I took a photo the first time I beat my brother. I'm 36. And I'm taking a photo. And he's being grumpy in the back because I remember how it happened. I'll go through this real quick. Um, so we had a, we were just playing custom stuff. We built our own terrain. And he connected all these terrain pieces together. And I asked him, I was like, is this all one piece of terrain? And he was like, yeah. And so I had my heralder blow the trumpet and it nuked his whole army. And then he quit. And I was like, that counts as a win. I won. <laughs> and so that's why I play this game for memories. Like me and my brother have that shared experience. 
And so, uh, yeah, and then I kind of fell in love with Stormcast, like started reading the lore. Because initially I thought, wait, are these empty suits? Are there people? Oh, okay, there are people inside. Okay, and then you get to learning more. And then, like, I took them to, I built a list. I took them to my first tournament, and I won. I won the tournament. And it was like, and then, you know, winning is a good, it's a good little aphrodisiac. You know, so like, hey, this is, you know, you, you know I fell in love with Stormcast, but, but, you know, and I have expansion there. No, that's that's so cool. That that is so. There is nothing like brotherly motivation mm-hmm. to beat your yeah. brother. Your brother's older, I assume. Yeah, or younger. Older. Like, I don't like. I don't even like playing him. It's not fun. It is like there's no 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 no. That's last phase. You can't you can't take back that. No, there's not. That's, it's like that. <laughs> that's so funny. It reminds me of like back in the day when I like I when my, my brother because I've, I've got a whole bunch of brothers as well mm-hmm. and uh i've got one particular brother david who um is a mass, massive wrestling fan as well we got to go to like a wrestling show uh from wwe as well back uh, in, in in the super show and our whole childhood we would play all of the wrestling games together you know he was triple h i was the rock um Every, like every after school, we'd always play like the N64 or we played, you know, on PlayStation. It was always just like wrestling, wrestling. And I reckon what you just said was exactly what he would say. Like, I just want to beat my brother. I just want to smash yeah. him. <laughs> uh, being a little bit older than he was, but there's nothing like a motivation intrinsically that I want to beat the the local person i want to beat my brother i want to be uh and it, it's exciting and it's a little don't let it like become toxic yeah, yeah. obviously it's you friendly have it, rivalry yeah it's, just, it's it's like you know it's not we're not enemies you say like i can't lose to you you can't lose to me and let's have fun but you know we're not cheating or anything but i have tuned my list specifically to beat yours <laughs> i can't beat anybody else but i could beat you and that's all that matters right yeah so you so you didn't know much about Stormcast going in. You obviously were new to the hobby. Uh, I knew mostly lore. Um, at the time, I'd seen some people playing with uh, Ghoul, Ghoul Patrol, which was a battalion that let you deep strike three units uh, from the board edge of ghouls. And um, that was always a lot of fun. But when I went into Flesh Eater Courts, I didn't really have a lot of things in mind. I, I loved the lore. I had a, a concept in, in my head. But it wasn't really a popular faction, and it still really isn't a popular faction of uh, the old Flesh Eater Courts. So it's not like I picked this up because it was like the strongest win rate in the game and there was some busted combination. Mm-hmm. So, and I imagine your journey wasn't the same. You mm-hmm. you found something you liked. You didn't even know that there were people in the suit. It was just you went in blind with a couple of mm-hmm. things. I was, just, I was just still in the thing, like what happened to the game? And so that's when you, I discovered like Vince... And just like going online, trying to figure out all right, what happened. Okay, so okay, chaos won. All right, and there's okay, this is like a hard reboot. Okay, so wait, are the heroes coming back? Or oh, the heroes are in the suit, they're reborn. So one of these guys could be Felix. Okay, and it's just like all these things trying to. It was more for curiosity rather than like I. It, it was nice not having that chip on the shoulder that a lot of people seem to have early in the hobby. Um, and so yeah. And like that was that. So that's how I got that in the Stormcast. And definitely it was a, you know, that familiar, growing to love it. Because it was definitely, Sunesh is my army. But this is, you know, this is what I have now. Because, you know, it had its own book kind of thing. So why didn't you start Slanesh? Um, cause it was, I remember those rumors like, oh, they're going to get rid of Slanesh. 
because, you know, at the time, Slanesh was imprisoned and, oh, because, oh, they're going for a G rating. So they can't really have this God of sex and, you know, all these things. So they're going to get rid of that. These are all like, if you're getting into the hobby now, there was the wild, wild west back then. And you're just like, well, it has to be true. People are saying on the internet. And so I was like, uh, okay, maybe not. Well, well, think about it, right? At the time, Slanesh was in prison. So, okay, that was an indication that the internet took that Slanesh was being removed. Slanesh lost the place in the Panthe Pantheon to the Great Horned Rat. So that was now a Chaos God. And there was no Battle Tome. They were the last of the Chaos Gods to get their Battle Tome. So I think a lot of people, you're right, were like, oh, they're getting rid of sex. They're going PG, beer and pretzels. Slanesh is mm -hmm. going. So I can I can imagine the trepidation. And you hear this all the time. Um, you hear people making tinfoil predictions that stop people. To be honest, I'm probably doing it as well because I'm like, oh, I don't know what Cities of Sigma is going to do. Oh, I'll just pause on that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same thing. I'm like, um, here the uh, rumors, free guild, you know, oh, vampires, oh, chaos dwarves. There are always going to be, you know, rumors and stuff like that. And so it's like, I think a big thing is like having, enjoying it now, you know, it's like having, are you enjoying it? Are you having fun? Uh, and then tuning down the chatter um, and trying to, and having like reliable sources as well. At the heart of it, though, at the heart of it, we don't want to make a bad decision, which is actually probably what this video is about. It's about yeah, sure. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to, I don't to want to buy. No, no, no. But like you know, I, like for you, you went to the store and you heard rumors, whether they were true or not true, that Slanesh would be removed from the range, and you were like, uh, maybe I yeah. shouldn't spend my hobby dollars right now, and I'll wait to see what happens with Slanesh. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Slanesh is still here seven years later, but. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate, and this is the challenge, right? When you look on internet lists and you see someone running the most the most effective unit or something that people are talking about or they think it's bad, you don't want to make that bad decision either, right? Like you don't want to be wasting a model or wasting yeah. your dollars and building and painting. So, uh, yeah, nice segue back to the topic, but we're still on the topic. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be a fool. But everybody plays the fool sometimes. You know, sometimes, you know, you try your best, you know, Anybody want to buy some free guild crossbowmen? They're playing like Seahawks. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it comes back to Jack. Like, why am I starting this hobby? If I'm trying to win a tournament, um, obviously I want to build a really good list. But what one thing I always tell people is if you're going to build a tournament winning list and you're coming from really zero, how quickly can you build, paint, and practice this army to go and win that tournament? Because we mentioned right at the top of the show the the speed of the game right now and the amount of change that's coming. By the time you get this amazing model on the table in this army, it might have been FAQ'd, the points have changed, so that list no longer is effective, or the fact that the meta has evolved and now what used to be good is no longer good. So things like battle scroll changing stuff up, like what's good, please unnerf Stormcast. You we don't need the nerf still to unnerf it, remove all that stuff. We need help. Um uh yeah but it was like i think you, you mentioned on something like asking yourself which is like a big thing and i think it's one of the uh like questions like you have to ask yourself what am i trying to get out of this like what are they am i a competitive guy am i a casual guy who do i play mostly because if you're hyper competitive and your play group is not it's like you you have to realize okay i need to be able to take my foot off the gas a little because i can't like i've made this mistake when i first got in the hobby like I've had people quit because I didn't know this is too powerful and they're just trying to 
oh, this moth crush is cool. And I'm like, uh, I tuned this list to kill my brother. And this is what I have. So I'm going to kill it before it gets to go. And it was like, oh, I don't like this game. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Because I like that's this person's impression of the game. Is my cool looking mock crusher that I spent month painting got to get shot off by a bunch of long strikes and there was nothing I could do. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, there's taking your foot off the gas is a is a skill as well. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're going to your local store or the pickup game or someone who's newish. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a good shout. Mm-hmm. So when you started your Stormcast uh, and I started my Flesh Eater Quartz. Um, did you buy everything in one go? Like, did you go from zero to 2000 points immediately? Or is this something that you built a couple of units? Like you mentioned the, the, the original starter box, but how did you build up to a force? Well, like it's one of those things that this is not as applicable as it is as it was then. Like the, the golden age of everybody hating this was secondary markets. And, oh, it was, you could clean up because people like, it was um, there was a community where if you were a Sigmar fan, it was us against the world. And we have lost that some a little bit, the more popular the game is getting, because it's going to happen. Um, but it was like you could clean up on eBay on these things because people tried the game, didn't like it. Like similar to me, my first game I didn't enjoy, but I like I had to beat my brother still. But you you could get just, and I still have some of those, you know, older Stormcast stuff because like, you know, I don't need you know, 60 liberators, but I got them because <laughs> yeah, you can just get, you know, buy multiples of box set for really, really just pennies on dirt cheap. And so that is not as much anymore, but if, you know, cash is an issue, like, you know, secondary markets are there. Like luckily I had a uh, local store, uh, which I'm not going to say the name because I don't know if it's legal or not, but they just sell GW stuff 20% off. Like, I don't know, they just do it. And so it's like, oh, I would go there. Like, oh yeah. And so, oh, how much is this star collecting box? Is this? Well, it's twenty percent less than that. And so, but and so, you can if you search for deals, you can buy them. In saying all of that, like, yeah, like when we started, and you're right, like there was this time when when we when we moved from fantasy battles to Sigma, um, people were not happy with the game, or a lot of some people weren't happy with the game, and they were happy just to get rid of them. And you're right, I, I got some good deals as well. But it's still true to this day. Um, I recently picked up like two or three copies of Dominion, people who had split out the Stormcast Dominion, because I just wanted um, Indras's wings. So I'm using Indras's wings on my Prime. I've used Indras's wings on Azazel. And I wanted some more Indrasa wings for other projects because they're just beautiful angelic wings. And I picked them up with some Vindictors and some, some Annihilators. And I bought them at very cheap prices. I bought one off eBay and I actually made an offer to the person. So instead of actually bidding on it, I just said, hey, I'll give you 60 bucks for it. Um, I've seen them on Facebook Marketplace. And while Stormcast is really cheap, Cruel Boys is even cheaper because often, often these dual boxes where you get like two forces fighting each other, one is normally more popular than the other. Yeah. And for those people who like buy multiple boxes and split them or Jack, you buy it for yourself because you really want the, the Stormcast side, but you got this Cruel Boys army sitting there. You're like, well, I could give it away. And some people do give them away. Yeah. Some people just sell them cheaply so they can go buy some extra hobby. So the deals are still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did I do mine? So I talked about the start collecting boxes and, um, in my situation, it worked really well because 
the, the start collecting flesh eater courts was probably the two best start collecting boxes along with beast uh beef claw raiders at the time yeah. they were like the golden they were the golden boxes but most of the time those start collecting or what we now know as um varangard boxes they are good but you might not want to buy multiple of them depending mm -hmm. on the force so for me yeah. it kind of ticked my battle line i ticked my monsters and my heroes and then i could just like build it out a little mm -hmm. um do you reckon so hooves asked uh, a question from a question from uh the community was can you have too many armies i'm asking for a friend from hooves <laughs> from hooves <laughs> um just like any sort of thing especially like analyzing yourself like i have an addictive personality obviously uh and so if it is causing you trouble in your life you can't have too much if you're like you know you know you can't you know you know you miss a child support payment because you got some more hammer stuff that'll happen one time um, there's like these, if it's a, if it's a problem, it can be, so it can be, but you know, like moderation is like, you know, life. Um, so, but you know, that being said, like <laughs> there's a time, like when I, I moved into this place and I kind of had all my Warhammer stuff sitting in a corner and I'm like, oh man, I have a problem. They're like, oh, I have a YouTube channel. I have an excuse. You know, <laughs> just justified it. Like, oh, the channel armies and stuff. It's like, wow, that's a lot of stuff there. And so, um, but yeah, it, it can be, uh, if just like, but you know, so can, you know, anything if it taken to the extreme. So moderation, yeah. my friends. Yeah. Mo moderation. And like, I think for me, when I look at my armies, I'm like, how often do I play these armies? And sometimes I've had incentive, like, for example, I had built a Seraphon army, uh, Broken Realms, which was that narrative story that we talked about, uh, from a few years ago, there was some really cool, like boxes i don't know if you remember those boxes but it was like two stegodons and um, oh, yeah. a bastilodon um or you could make an engine of the gods and um i bought like three of them it was incredible value because i just wanted to run monster trucks around the table casually then thunder lizard became really powerful and i actually never played with them like i think i played with them once so like it had been like 12 months from like look i haven't played with them i haven't really painted them i'm just going to sell them for something that i'm more excited for so I think it depends on like what you value. If you are a collector and you just want to casually paint, just do as much as you want. Yeah, I've recently you... uh, sold the Gits Army because I'm like, I got it for this, for this, and I was just like, it was it was the Gits version where it was just stabbers, stabbers, and stabbers. Right? I played it a couple times. And I was like, I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy this horde thing. Even with the new book coming out, I was like, I don't like, I don't want to play that. And so, and it's okay. To sell it somebody is going to get you know, enjoyment out of this ironically that's my favorite build of the gits i love my <laughs> my wall of stabbers just move forward mm -hmm. uh but hey it just shows you like what what somebody likes other people don't like so um there is no one single way to to do this game mm -hmm. it's like uh so like i death the whole grand alliance death does nothing for me i'm glad they exist like it, like I'm happy that I look, Oh, that's a cool looking model, but it's just like, I don't like, it doesn't s speak to me at all, but I'm glad it's there where some people that is their jam. That's all they I want to have blood nights and like, you know, it's like, I'm glad that's a thing, but it's like, and yeah. so it's like the whole, I think I heard Vince say it the first time, like yucking somebody's yum. Like yeah. Yeah, that's dope that exists, you know, and realizing that's not more for me, but I, I'm glad it's not a thing. I'm glad it's a yeah. thing. It's how I feel about KO. Like KO, I'm not a fan of. I never will play KO. But 
that aesthetic and that uh, like steampunkiness is there for other people. And that's okay. Not, not everyone. And like, I got to remind myself every time we do like those GW previews, this isn't always for me. Like Luminous not for me. And that's okay. That's okay. Not every, not every army has to be for me. Um, and you'll see a lot of people like they'll take it personally. Like this coming out means my stuff didn't come out. It's like trying to get past that. Like, Hey, like celebrate everybody. Like when I play, I celebrate my opponent's success, successes. Like, oh my God, two sixes, high fives, and all that stuff. Because I'm like, the uh, the game is the medium that I'm I'm meeting people and having fun. It could, you know, it could be anything, but like I choose like this is a game from my childhood that I'm like really into, really enjoying, and like I love meeting my opponent and sharing those experiences with. Listen, yeah. <laughs> no, no, the, the community is uh, and the collaborative experience is the, the driving force that keeps us around mm. because we could play these on the computer. We could do so many different things, but it's the, it's the, and that's what brings me to tournaments all the time. It's the collaborative in-game humanistic uh, appeal of, of events. Yeah, yeah, it brings me to the first day of the tournament. Oh, so good. I've got like a laundry list of questions, by the way. So we might actually have to be a little yeah. bit rapid yeah. fire. No, not rub rapid fire, but I will be here forever. Like we, we said the yes. finest hour and we're like 50 minutes at this point. So like, which is, which is obviously great. Maybe it's the finest hours or yeah, there we go. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this, but someone told me recently, like the finest hour command or the heroic action, they call it their birthday. And I'm like, I love that. So, because we only, you only get once, right? So, like, everyone has their birthday. So, I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Nefrata's birthday. birthday. Yeah, it's Nefrata's birthday this turn. <laughs> That's really so, good. So, when you bought your second army, did you look for the same kind of thing that Stormcast offered? Like, were you looking for the same, I don't know, paint scheme, play style, uh, rules, um, like, like, or were you looking for something different or like what, what went from going from a Stormcast player to whatever uh, was next from there? <laughs> Corn came in the box. Well, like, so I can tell you, like, you know, my brother says this isn't true, but this, this is true. I, you know, when I figured out how to beat him, I was beating him soundly. And then it's like, oh, this isn't, I need to take my foot off the gas. And so I was like, well, it comes with Corn too. So I started playing Corn. Just so you know, it wasn't as the the one side of games we were having, and so okay, now trying to figure out how to beat him with corn was another thing because he he was a Seraphon loyalist. He's stuck with he's still stuck with it, right? And so I'm trying. Okay, I beat you with this one. Now I'm going to try to beat you with corn. And then you know, once I get the corn, and then after that, it kind of it started snowballing because that's when I met like Doug and Shu, and we started the channel where it's just like, oh, now we're just you know, I have my hobby story and my hobby journey is like. You know, and I realized it was a privilege because some of these questions that you ask, like, well, what do you do for your second army? And I'm like, second, I'm like on my ninth, you know, it's kind of thing where it's like, like in like in there can be, I think one of the questions like when you're bored and like, I just happen to have that rotation where I can just play something else, play something else. And not everybody has that. Right. And so like going with corn, like, again, it came in the box and trying to, it, it's never been a, what are the rules? I don't care what the rules are. Right. It's like, it's not even, can't, not even like the, I know what I don't like. So it's like, you know, I've tried out Gits, didn't like that. Tried out, like, I'm sure I'd like Trogs, but, you know, tried out uh, Corn like that. Didn't think I would because I'm a Slanesh guy, remember? And so, and like that being said, when Slanesh book did come out and I've been waiting for it, I didn't like that. Because like, I like to 
overachieve. Now, for me personally, I like to overachieve with a non-top tier army. And if you remember when Slanish first came out, it was like a lot of like, oh, this is too good. And I happened to play their counter with Shootcast. And so and I, was, was, I was racking up some permanent wins against Slanesh. Yeah, <laughs> so much to unpack there. <laughs> but but, it, but, it, but it's, it, maybe like one thing I want to call out and just double down on is you mentioned having a rotation of armies. And um, if people are in a position to have multiple armies, I would recommend having like three, um, three or more. Um, not like a, every army in the game, but I think one of the things that, you know, I really appreciated. So I really enjoy Gits. Um, I played Gits from day one when they came out in tw uh, 2019, I think they were. And I love them to death. But they had they did not have a third edition battle tome for 18 months. 18 months. No grand strategies. They were at the bottom of the, the tiers for a long time. And it was refreshing to be able to either go in with my gits and still play with them and, and do well or know that they aren't quite as strong as they should be. Or I could go, you know what? Gits aren't doing well at the moment. I'll play with my Stormcast. I'll play with my daughters. I'll play with something else. And then when the battle tone becomes good again, I can, I've had a little bit of a break and I can play with them with their new books. So it helps me regulate my emotions when my army isn't doing well or you know there's faqs and nerfs but i've still got other tools that i can play with and it, and it can it can be very helpful especially with the meta and some of the armies don't have deep rosters so it's like right now like we're playing in the the meta that has galatian champions well sons have no galatian champions like mm -hmm. i could either get really frustrated and upset that sons doesn't have a champion or I can either accept the limitation mm -hmm. or go play one that has lots of champions. Mm -hmm. And I've got plenty of armies that do. Yeah. And there's like, you know, realizing like it, sometimes it's just affordable. I can only afford one or two armies. And so, or just one army and trying to like, okay, well, maybe something that might help me is not playing a 2000 point game, playing like just going to Warcry or, you know, to switch up just the, the gaming aspect, like a thousand points and something like that, you know. And it's nice where there's the, these books coming out. There's multiple ways to play competitive, which is really nice. It used to be like, all right, this is the build, this is whatever. I think they've really like balanced sub factions more, where like there's no clear cut winner all the time. And if you and like by the way, like there is nothing wrong with only owning one army. I'm not saying that you have to go by three, because if I have one Stormcast army or one I don't know Slaves to Darkness army. That has like 80 units in it. So like you can go deep in one faction, but then there are some like KO or Iron Jaws that are very, very slim. So, you know, not, not no two factions are the same. So I'd say keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. All right, let's, let's go through some other listener questions because um, there's a whole bunch of really good ones <laughs> yeah. that I think um i think people will appreciate because i think we we can talk about our journeys and our recommendations but we, we've got guiding questions so uh richard baker saying uh do you guys think with the rules of, do you think of rules of cool um at any time or every time or are you just in this ever hungry meta chasing uh environment um like it, it's more you know it's not all or one i would lean more towards rule of cool um, you know, I've never been what's good. Take that. I remember I had like, I bought an army once that was, it was like, uh, like a bunch of just like empire horses or, you know, 
pistolers and stuff. And that was like, oh, this is not what fulfills me. I like to build my own thing. And so, you know, it's not like I don't understand, like, okay, here's the net list, whatever. If that's how you play, that's perfectly fine. Don't let anybody shame you and say, hey, net listens bad. But for me, uh, I kind of like, is the model look cool? Then the rules can be whatever. But look, you know, it also depends on like asking yourself, am I, is this for tournament play, for casual play? Am I going to be curating an experience with a buddy of mine? Like, okay. It's like all these, a lot of it is like realizing your player and your goal in the hobby. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, am I just building a casual army to play with my friends? I could be a part of my local store doing like a tale of four warlords or a slow grow campaign. Mm -hmm. Or am I building this army to go play at Adepticon, at LVO, at some major tournament? And my goal is to do well. And if my goal is to do well, then the meta needs to be considered. Um, mm -hmm. uh, never have I once seen a list on the internet and said, I'm going to go buy that 2,000 points but it might influence me. It might go, Ooh, I'm going to a tournament in a couple of months time. And I see magic is really strong at the moment with Zinch, Lumineth and Seraphon, whatever army I build, I need to consider some magical powers or some magical unbinding abilities. Cause otherwise I may actually build up an army and then get really disappointed with it and lose all motivation and hope. If I get my butt kicked at that tournament and like, I never go back to it. So for me, I think they're not mutually exclusive. Um, yeah. but I, as tournament player, I, I do consider the tournament, but I wouldn't call me a meta chaser. Anything else you'd add to that, Jack? No, no, no. That, yeah. That's agreed. Travis Griff, uh, Giffen, uh, saying, uh, does a conversion project ever kick off a whole army? Yeah, it has. Like it's, I've seen some really just inspirational, it's just the kernel of idea in like, expanded into 2000 points can be beautiful. Like, you know, like uh, where you're talking about, you're bringing back the old world into your Slaanesh. It's just that conversion thing. And like, I think you have it like, was it Daughters of Cain? I was, yeah, I was gonna yeah. tell you, my Daughters of Cain was, was beautiful. Yeah. And so, yes, it has. And like, when you find inspiration in this game, ride it, ride it out. When you like, be with painting, be like, oh, like I, my Hurricaneum, it kind of like bringing the old world, it has like, and I was like, that is something I thought of. I'm like, one day I'm going to get good enough at painting, at like, like you know, kit bashing to make this. It was a, a, a the idea germinate, germinated in my head and seeing that on the battlefield, because I thought about it when I first got in, it's being dragged by, you know, a Drakoth because it was for my Stormcast army. And I was like, well, what's a, it was before Stormcast had wizards. And I was like, what is a Stormcast looking wizard? Balthazar Gill. And so allied them in and like, and I'm really proud of that model because it was just something I, you know, created, you know. I always um, lean in with conversions. Um, my Cities of Sigma, for example, like one of my favorite models in my Cities range is my Frostheart Phoenix, which is being ridden by um, Tazara, the Ice Queen as Kislev. Um, I've got a whole bunch of nods to the old world, but even outside of the old world, like my Stormcast, I've kit bashed them. Even back in Fantasy, uh, no, sorry, First Edition Age of Sigma. First Edition Age of Sigma, when I was allying in Stormcast to my cities or my free guild, I would convert all of their heads to be Space Wolves. I'd find the non-technology Space Wolf heads without like any of the, the gadgets on their face. But I made them like they were trying to be like from Gur. 
um, because you hear stories that Stormcast who stay in Gur for too long start to take on you know, like bestial characteristics. Mm -hmm. And again, like I think I'm a unique butterfly or I like to think that. So like when I go to a tournament, I, I don't want a stock standard army and I like to put myself a little bit, whether it's my my ice gargants it is my uh corrupted slaneshi type daughters of cain whether it is my uh cities of sigma where i've got like halflings as my ko from tempest die and i've converted like my gun haulers out of steam tanks and i've done all these crazy things mm -hmm. conversion has led me to to do hobby and it yeah. is, is one of the things that motivates me to complete an army mm -hmm. yeah and it's like like and if that's not who you are, that's also perfectly like good, right? Because I got a buddy Mason. It's like it's the way he sees the game is different than that. He's like he he like he'd be fine if we were just played with plastic models because there's just game pieces and he has to paint them, right? But seeing him get better and better and enjoying painting, like oh I get to now. But before it's like yeah I just this is this piece moves this far. This is the knight goes up three and over one. You know it's like you know and they're like whatever is good for you, it's good. Yeah, you don't have to do it. And this is just the way I do it. Yeah. Because often I'll be reading a, a story or a snippet of lore. I'll listen to 2 plus Tough or I'll listen to an audio book. And I get this idea, like a perfect example is there's a um, a nightly Nurgle uh, force called the is it the Lord of the Flies. No, the, Pla the Plague Knights. I, I, can't, I can't think of their name off the top of my head. But there's like this nightly Nurgle um uh army in one of the books that i was reading play garden and it's like man i would love this this as an army and you get this inspiration of like what would my black kings look like if they were like a regal chivalrous uh, nurgle knights and it leads you down a path and it gets you exploring kits and gets you whether it's paint schemes and and telling your story through paint or whatever like you don't have to be conversions it could be just the paint and you could be painting a certain color because it means something to you as you mentioned your seahawk um yeah uh, crossbowman yeah it's just like in that kind of like oh this will be cool and now it's like you get you're known for that like yeah it's like you know i, I like the seahawks but in seeing that inspire other people like it's a conversation starter like i have like you know football fans from like san francisco 49ers our rival right they'll come up to me and like Oh, they'll start tracking friendly talking trash and it's just like super like and that's what you're known for or like you know and i've seen people like send me photos like hey uh i like this is my favorite team and i painted it up like this and i was like that is so cool you know it's like finding that inspiration and going with it i love it i love it and and i've seen so many cool people like uh whether it is people bringing like uh, uh one of my gts last year uh somebody converted up their army to be like world of warcraft a particular faction in the world of warcraft uh i've seen people do like they bring their, themselves their favorite movies their sports um one of the guys sean uh, at, at cancon this year converted up his iron jaws army to be like a rock metal band like that's just sick that's awesome that's awesome like bring bring yourself to the army, but on the on the topic of uh, talking conversions, the Spider King um, PJ, uh, shout out to the Mortal Realms podcast, asking is one cool model enough to start an army, or does it have to be more than that? For uh, for me, um, I would say it has to be more than just one cool, depending how bad. It, like so, and, and models can grow on you. Like I I got Teclas for a Grand Alliance army, which like no longer exists, but. 
like I was working on some sort of AOE at Croak, at Techless. And it was like, in like realizing not listening, because if you like something and you hear a lot of chatter, because there was a lot of negativity about that model. And then once I like had known my commission by, shout out to him, uh, painted it up how I wanted it. And I was like, I fell in love with the model. And like, and so, and that was like an accidental army. And I'm saying, well, I have 800 points worth of Lumineth. I might as well get a couple more things and I have Lumineth army. And then it's like, you know, falling that, like falling in love with something where I was like, I didn't even, when I looked at it originally, uh, no, but like, it is like, again, it can be, but I, I would, I would prefer the whole range speak to me rather than just like, well, here's one thing, like fleshy to courts. You got that arch regent, which is new. You got the ghoul king sitting on the throne that's new. But you know, I painted up some ghouls and I was like, you can tell these models are really dated. And so that would probably stop me from going after that more. For me, it depends. Like, I think you fall in love with armies, especially like as you paint them. And, and that's probably why I say paint your battle line before you paint your heroes because you build your skill and you get familiar with the model and the contours and what works for you um for me though like what draws me is ultimately the monster heroes like the the marathis the alarios the nagashes the archaeons the the mega gargants so if you've got one of those that's enough for me to start an army or at least to invest into that army and whether i buy archaeon or not i, I don't know and i have not bought nagash even though i have a pretty deep death army and the fact that I've got that as an option is enough for me. I really like those models. And uh, I kind of actually like when I looked at the new 40K and like you can have one, is it Epic Lord or Mighty Lord or whatever it is, like a Primarch. I'm like, that's my type of army. If I had like a Primarch for every army mm-hmm. or equivalent of like a God model, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. But I'm a Timmy. I'm a massive Timmy. I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker for that. Uh, Damo asking, do you, does your first army design ever pan out as a winner? Um, does it, or do they morph over time or, uh, have you ever picked your first list based on a first impression and it's become the list to beat? So I guess like we're connecting our concept to reality and performance here. Um, it's like one of those for, for competitive play depends on your area once for me, it did, it happened to you twice. Like, like I said, the first tournament I went to, this is like, in these days are kind of, you know, fewer and fewer because how popular the game is now. And just, it's like, you know, there are shows like this and where there wasn't really like that when I first got in the hobby. And so I just showed up with a, a shoe cast list and, uh, you know, just won the tournament. And I was winning like, you know, you know every few tournaments up here. And then, um, and so, you know, then the meta changes and stuff. And like I just mentioned the Lumineth, um, you know, I was playing the first edition book, right? And then I kind of was like, okay, Sentinels are good. And then that second book came out and it was the first time, because I like to overachieve with maybe like a, like a lower A tier, B tier army and just try to box with God like that. Then I was playing the best army with a really good list and my skill level. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. <laughs> and it was, I was, I was, I'm a sore winner. And so I was just swaggering through shooting people with my 50 Sentinels. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I miss, I miss old Luminous. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I ever, like I have a concept and I build something based on, and I'm willing to try different things. Um, 
in third edition, when I picked up Daughters of Cain, I decided to try the Frostheart Phoenix build, and it's starting to become popular now. But I pilot, I piloted that twelve to eighteen months ago, actually, maybe even before that, maybe in, at the back end of second edition. So I'm always someone I talk to you about being special and unique and and being a butterfly. I like to try to try different things and whether it is bringing in a, a particular uh, unit that is not popular or um, I like to try to find ways to make it work. Maybe for me, Damo, the, the thing was um, when Sons of Behemoth very first came out, I picked them up as a faction. I saw them announced, I think it was at LVO or Adepticon or maybe even Warhammer Fest, and I knew this was the army for me. And when all the Battle Tome previews came out at the time, I wasn't getting Battle Tomes from Games Workshop then. Um, a lot of people said this is the worst Battle Tome ever. Like literally, it was poo pooed. And I took them to a, you know, decent size event, um, and I went 4 1. And, mm -hmm. and, and since then I've done pretty well with sons, um, where, where they're strong or where they're not strong. So just because someone says that it's good or bad, doesn't necessarily make it true. So I guess, um, that'd be my response to there. Like sometimes it's about the list, but often it's about how you pilot it. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't put as much weight on the, on the, on the lists. It's all about how you think about the micro decisions within a list and, so, and, and you'll be surprised how many good players take off meta lists and make them do really well. Mm -hmm. True. That's true. Uh, what level of importance do you place? Pumpkin Hill asking, what level of importance do you place on the try before you buy? So things like uh, using tabletop simulator as an example, uh, using empty bases to proxy, um, other ways of, because, of, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you tried a couple of armies after corn and, some of them just weren't for you. Like, and that could be wasted thousands of dollars. Um, this is something I'm learning to do more. Cause I used to like, there's a reason why I was playing Tempest die. And all of a sudden I had 2000 points of KO. Cause I was like, Ooh, I want to run nine engine rickers. No, 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 no. I want to run this. No, 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 no. I want to run this. And this is all theory hammer in my head. I'm not even doing it on the table. And I could have saved thousands of dollars by doing that. And like, I used to be, uh, you know, anti-TTS where now I see it as a useful tool because it, it removes, like I was talking about earlier, removes what I like, which is the, the human interaction I have and where I'm like, oh, this is just the game. The, the game that is, you know, has its flaws and its quirks and it's better than it's ever been, but it's just the game. And then, but you do, it does save you some cash. So I put more importance on it than I used to. Like, and if, as long as you can find an opponent, if you don't want to, if you're not computer savvy, because there it is, like, it's, there's a little bit of a learning curve, especially for me, I'm not technology savvy. I'm surprised I got this to work. Uh, but, um, and so when you, like, have an opponent, like, can I try these out? I just want to proxy these as these. And, you know, most people are cool. Just like, yeah, go for it. And uh, so it's it definitely try before you buy is a very, very uh, important. Yeah, and people who are in my Discord know that, you know, we've got hundreds of games happening, you know, through, maybe not hundreds, but lots of games happening. So you can drop in and watch one. You can set one up. Um, it's a great tool. I'd highly recommend it if you want to test something, especially like if it's an expensive idea. Um, back in the day, like practicing with empty bases or proxying like, hey, Jack, can we play a game? But this is going to represent this model. Are you cool if I try something out and you know casually and you know local at the local store proxying and, and playing around with something especially you don't want to buy a model spend the time building it spend the time painting it 
and then your concept doesn't work for whatever reason. So start off with long strokes. <laughs> yeah, like like exactly right. You're like, well, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Miguel. <laughs> so, so absolutely, uh, trying before you're buying, I, I think is definitely a great idea. Or if you've got a friend and you've got a good community, you're like, hey, Jack, I know you've got that KO army. Do you mind if I we swap armies for the day? Like, do you mind if you bring your KO? I'd love to just play around with it. And if you've got the trust, um, I'm sure plenty of yeah. people would lend you their army to, to yeah, try. There, there is like, like if you can find a, just a good, even like gaming clubs or something like that. Like I still have my buddy Matt's Zinch sitting on my kitchen table. <laughs> I need to get back that I borrowed from LVO. But he's just like, you know, he's like, oh man, you'll, when I see you, just bring it through. Um, but it's like when you have like the friendships and stuff that this hobby can like use like yeah yeah just try it out or here try this take borrow this see how you like it before you invest money into it well i was thinking about my, my frost phoenix my mate liam came over for a tournament it's like hey i want to run daughters of came with with the phoenix i know you've got it can i borrow yours I'm like, yeah sure no problem just bring yeah. it back mm-hmm. um so like yeah so absolutely try before you buy if uh, if you're unfamiliar um or even use things like tabletop simulator or no, sorry discord or regular communities to test your idea like hey i've got this idea where i want to do lots of shooting in whatever will this work mm-hmm. yeah, so, a lot of a lot of a lot of like good minds on this game that's one of the things like i, I trust people it's like there are people who think about this a lot more than I do. And so the code has been cracked out there. I'm not going to, I'm not discovering America. There's people already living here, you know, it's like, and so there's, you know, I, so you got to find some trusted names out there. What do you think of this? You know, and like you, hopefully you find somebody who like, I my, like I keep bringing up Mason. He can let you down gently when you bring him an idea. This is great. He was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do there. But you know, have you thought about this? Maybe this is a better, this unit unit is more optimal. Because, like, you know, you say you're playing cities, for instance, you're like, ooh, I got all these Wildwood Rangers. You're like, yeah, I see that you have the Wildwood Rangers, but have you seen this same unit over here that does the same thing? It's cheaper and it like does mortal wounds. Hey, take a look at that. I'm like, but I have 30 Wildwood Rangers though. What do I do with these? <laughs> but I will say that if you have an idea, look, some people don't have that type of grace. And like, you'll put your list up and you're like, hey, who, what do you think of my list? Like, this doesn't work. And like, the best intentions here is people want you to succeed. So like, don't take that personally. They just want you to, to do that well. But I also find as well, like if you have this idea where you're like, I really, here's my example. When I started my Daughters of Cain, I wanted my my corrupted Slaneshi type cult of, of pleasure, which was a, uh, a story that goes back to fantasy battles. And the cult of Slanesh, which is a Marathi slash Slanesh demon force, um, I wanted witch elves to be the um, witch elves. I wanted them to be witch elves. And my army was based around witch elves at a time of Galatian veterans. And um, a lot of people were like, oh, don't do that. It's about snakes, 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 snakes. <laughs> like, that's not the concept. That's not the idea that I have. And yes, I recognize its flaws, but I'm going to make the, the best. And I think being up front with like i really want to build my army around this particular model mm-hmm. give me some mm-hmm. advice yeah maybe, except yeah. in the limitations so in realizing if you're going to the internet for that you're going to get the bluntness of the internet you know and it's like all right if i you know so you know putting your thoughts out there you're going to trial by fire they're going to you know test it and see where you're like yeah i know i know running 90 sisters of slaughter isn't good but if i roll if i'm taking craith i know me I'm just going to roll all four ups. That's how I am in my head. 
I'm like, of course, I'm going to roll. Every time I roll, it's going to be four up. So basically, I'm fighting twice with every unit. <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be a foolproof. Shout out Chuck Moore. We know you're at with, with Crate number one fan. Pumpkin Hill asking, is there an army that you weren't 100% on board on and then you've gotten it in your hand and you fell in love with? Uh, Stormcast and Lumineth. Both of those, like, you know, were accidental armies. And, like, I can equate it because I was winning with them, but just, like, oh, these, you know, that probably helped. That probably helped a lot. But, yeah, it was just, I just, like, hey. Or even, like, Daughters of Cain and, and the Kraith, right? You know, it's, I never saw me being a Daughters of Cain player, but I'm, like, I kind of like, oh, fell in love with the concept. And like, you know, if you look at my, like, I have a, I never, I need to finish painting it, but see, got her converted. So a little female cane statue with a whip because it's all Sisters of Slaughter. So this is for the, uh, that army. And so kind of like, I fell in love with that, like the concept of like, ooh. And so everything is a sister of slaughter. Like my I, my hag queen, she has with sister of slaughter mass just all throughout the army. So love it. Mine would probably be Stormcast. And while I still really dislike Stormcast for the first like six years of Age of Sigma, the new Thunderstrike armor really caught me because all of a sudden they became the vision that I had. I hated the chunky space marine kind mm -hmm. of style of Stormcast, but I know that some people really love that aesthetic. But as soon as they went to that slendery type army that reminded me more of like, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, plate mail, or, you know, and even just painting Stormcast not, not always gold, that really opened my eyes up to the faction too. Um, so for me, that was kind of where my, where that's what really worked for me. Maybe then the other side, Jack, is, is there an army that you loved that you've actually been turned off with because it's actually not as good or you didn't like painting it? Slanish, you know, that was like, that was my, that was, was what I came in, like, wait till they got the book and I played it. I was like, I don't like, especially that Slanish. I want to try the new Slanish. This new book is really interesting to me with the, like the new depravity and the temptation dice and all that stuff. But that first Slanish book, I was like, oh, this is too good. People aren't, you know, like Vince had the whole shelf Slanish kind of campaign going on. And I was like that. Yeah. I was really excited for it. Love the keeper models. I, I got that Shalaxi, two beautifully painted keepers, and they're just sitting. They've been sitting kind of for, and so that was an army. Like, I'm ready for this. Never mind. I think for me, uh, Seraphon was the one. Um, I love the idea of painting dinosaurs, but I was so underwhelmed with um, the Stegodons. Like, when you look at the size of a Stegodon, and then you realize how small it is. I felt underwhelmed and I'm like, I lost interest. Mm. If it was bigger, if it was like the dinosaurs that I really, I imagine, um, not that I need them like the size of a carnosaur or something ridiculous, but like they're from a, they're a legacy from an olden world that I think if you had your time again and you redesigned the Stegodon, it's bigger. Good. The Bastilodon is bigger. Um, and you look at the new Seraphon right now, and I did sell my old Seraphon, but the new range is like, ooh, ooh, I could potentially start you. I love you at these little uh, Velociraptor type things. <laughs> yeah, so okay. uh, that for me, um, uh, Duckfish asking, how do you keep interested in army? Uh, I find halfway through, I just stop liking an army. Hmm. 
Um, like, I, like one of those problems I don't really have, but I think if you do have that problem, maybe smaller games might be for you or, you know, cause by the time maybe you're getting, you're burned out by the time you paint 2000 points or, you know, war cry and things like that. Whereas like, like I have a, I just have a huge rotation. So if I am getting tired of something, I'm like, all right, boom, next army, next army, next army. And that's like the, you know, the, you know, privilege if I dare say that word, <laughs> I have doing the YouTube channel. Like I can just I rotate stuff or having a good like hobby community. I'm like uh, my, the club I'm part of is Victoria's Secret. Great group of uh, individuals. And like it's like, hey, can I try your gargants? I'm always it seems fun. I'd like to give that a shot. I'm like, oh, sure. I think for me, what I, I, I never lose interest. I, I rarely lose interest in an army, but I often get distracted by other shiny things. I'm like a magpie. I'm like someone who's like see something. And it's bad for me because I'm talking to all these really passionate people. But I told you about my Slanesh Slaves to Darkness army that I'm working on. And Seraphon's coming, and that's really attractive and exciting. I love Slanesh, and I'd love to start a Slanesh army, like a proper Hedonites of Slanesh. Cities of Sigma's coming down the line, and there's a risk that I'm going to go jump back into cities. So for me, it's about completing what I've started and progressing with it and not always chasing the shiny thing because eventually I'll get to the end of the year and I've achieved nothing because I keep chasing my tail and I have all these half finished projects and I'll get dis I'll get sad um, mm -hmm. because I've got a really strong idea and excitement for my slaves. It's carrying me forward. And I think even if uh, cities of Sigma comes out with a whole bunch of new models, that can be a future project. I don't have to touch that now. And I'm confident that I'll compete continue what i've what i've started but if i just picked it up fickly like i did with seraphon i'll i'll lose interest like my old models i'm like yeah i'm yeah. not really tied to this yeah definitely this settler's gain um army that i've been working on that really restoked my fire because i'm like ooh, this is i came up with this and i'm presenting it to people and it looks see, it's all order so it still looks like you know because i paint all my order stuff seahawks so i was like hey it almost is a throwback to the old Grand Alliance thing because I'm allying in some Namardi and uh, Reavers and the Soul Scryer and I have so I'm like oh this is three different unique armies in one and it's just I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Johnny Ethereal Vampire asking uh, when you pick an army like a second army do you look for play style at all or are you yeah like how how do you how do you look at like the play style um, like are you thinking about like shooting and, and strengths and speed and but, and magic or Personally, no. Well, just it's like a lot, especially like when I'm working with people for uh, rerolling ones. The sometimes there's people like, "Oh, can I take? Can I play that one?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure." And it's like a lot of it's like you know, what do you have? Like so, corn and slanesh, two armies ahead, right? And so it can be overwhelming that way. Like for me personally, like, oh, I got to work on both these. And sometimes like you realize, "Oh, I get to work on these instead of I have to." You know, trying to get find that joy and balance into it. But yeah, like the rule set, um, I enjoy shooting like for competitivity because it's like, oh, you mean I get to do damage to you and you don't nothing happens to me? This seems like great. <laughs> and so I I definitely have a play style, stick and move, speed in uh, shooting, um, where I have success with in competitive play. I often find I pick armies because I want to do something different. So I'm not trying to find the same play style again and again and again. I have things that I really like in an army, but when I went from cities to gits to stormcast to daughters to legions of Nagash slash soul light, 
they're all very different. So for me, it's about learning a style. It's about getting a better understanding of the game and looking at things a little bit differently. So I'm actually okay with it. Like I actually look at things, but I'm purposely looking for like, now that I have like a horde gits army, I don't need another horde army. So when I go choosing my next army, that's why gits and sons for me is so good because if I need a rest from the horde, I have this ultra elite sons army. If I want something that's really high armored, I've got my um, I've got my stormcast. So I've got I've got these diff different. And if I want lots and lots of shooting like volume, uh, I've got my cities. Yeah. Like I've got yeah, different places. Yeah, and we're reiterating like like this is not like you know some people just have the one, and it's like but like maybe there are armies where they have different playing styles inside that army. Like like stormcast is like a jack of all trades, master of some, and mm. it's like you can like or even gets there's so many different ways to play gets where like, okay i want trogs so i want my big heavies running through smashing oh i want my uh you know like squig herd because i don't want people to have fun when they play me or you know you have your hoppers because you also don't want people to have fun when they play me there's all the kind of stuff um yeah so <laughs> all right mimi mimi asking do you ever go back to an army later and uh redo things that you already did like your painting because you this is the challenge right like as you build up your skill over an army you you learn the tricks and you're like oh i wish i painted this differently or i've now learned a scheme that works better for my army than what i did at the start do you ever go back do i repaint no does stuff like my i changed my uh storm um stormcast seahawk recipe I like oh they came out with the the like I think it was like night oh, like night something um one of the paints is a darker blue that I really like and like I start with that now but like when you look at it you can't tell it's just mm. you know lots of blue and green but I know like my recipe has changed over time but I'm not going I'm not repainting anything if it's painted it's painted I'm not <laughs> I don't need more of that um, but yeah I have changed my recipes but I'm not repainting I... so. I'll rarely repaint, but I also won't. I'll buy a test unit. Um, I will. I will paint one model and practice with it and test that. And um, if I need to scrub that model because I, I'm not happy with the scheme, um, I'll do that. But I'll rarely go back and repaint something I've already painted. So I'd rather, uh, yeah, just. And that's kind of why I say paint your battle line before your heroes, because I don't want to paint like as, as attractive as it will be to start up on a Lariel at the start. I will learn so much about painting Sylvaneth that, you know what, I wish I'll, I'll, I'll be buying another Lariel because I want to do a better job. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good point. I'm going to use that. <laughs> paint your paint your heroes last. So you've mastered that technique and. Even if sometimes you, do, you have you to reward yourself with a hero painting. Oh, 100 percent. Like paint up that unit of dryads, <laughs> then treat yourself with a little minor hero. But don't go to the big ones that uh, you can do a better job towards the end because you've understood the army. A couple this is, more. This is off, off topic, real quick. We'll get back to it. it like I, when I realized, like, because I was intimidated to paint big models, and I was like, oh, this is. And then realized it can actually be easier to paint like a bloodthirster then it's like oh this is you know the techniques are different and it's like oh it, it can be intimidating painting bigger models is uh yeah it's like there's that fear oh no but it's like oh this is this is easy <laughs> it's the fear though that people i think that's a fear of people ruining it like you know you spend 200 300 whatever it might be in your currency i don't want to quote unquote ruin my marathi mm -hmm. 
So they, there's that intimidation factor. But you're right. Like, it's just plastic. Like, you can always strip it. It's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I am conscious of time, by the way. That's why I'm being a bit rapid fiery here. Um, I'm sure Jack has a hot date that he hasn't told us about just yet. Like last time. Um, oh, yeah. couple. She can come on the stream later. Um, couple more. One uh, from Broken Chef. Um, how much of an army planning goes into looks? So not just your color choices, but positioning of models, kit bashing, conversions. Does that come into play for you? Uh, I love the kit bash. It's like it is a skill. It's fun. Like, especially like if you have one unit, of like so bloodletters right basic stock bloodletters i'm like i have so many bits from you know skull reapers or wrathmongers i'm like i'm doing weapon swaps all throughout right and so it is it is because it's like you know where you mentioned snowflake it is this is the only unit that looks exactly like this on earth i always think of that you know okay this is so cool and so it, it is a factor in it you know is it like do i have an army like my lumineth is stock standard it's just a paint job that, that makes it unique whereas like i i do love a little bit of kit bash yeah i'm a massive fan um my storm cut so my my storm cast were kit bashed um my daughters of cane are kit bashed uh my sons are all kit bashed i love having like you know one of my gate breakers with a storm cast shield that is the the ds endless spell and like there's so many kit bashes in that army and like one of the things that I'm currently doing with my Slaves to Darkness and what's holding me from painting it is I'm exploring some different alternative uh, so different alternative uh, parts. So I've got like some of the Myrmidon heads. I'm trialing different shields. I'm trialing some different Slanesh things. Like how do I tell the story that this is a Slaves to Darkness Slanesh army? Yeah, I could paint them pinks and purples, but, but are there other little accessories or things that i can do to tell that story so that's what i'm currently exploring but it doesn't have to be it doesn't you don't you could tell a story just through paint um mm -hmm. but for me i thoroughly enjoy kit bashing uh repositioning like cutting off arms and repositioning mm -hmm. them and and that that, that that brings me joy mm -hmm. Maybe a couple more questions. Uh, Mecca Phaser asking, does 3D printing affect your decision to start an army? Um, I always think there's something to talk about when it comes to 3D printed models in Age of Sigma. Um, so this is like a, a, a personal thing, you know, because, um, and it's like not to, you know, okay, yeah, this is just kind of like, I'm not judging anybody else he does. Like, this is my thoughts on it. When I was a young man, you know, like, you know, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, like Napster was a thing. And like, you know, and I would like get on torrents and get movies and stuff like that. And then as I got older and like one, cause I could afford it and stuff like that. And it, it does smack a little to me of piracy because where I'm playing this game put out by this company and they make models for this thing. And so I myself will support the company by like using their models or purchasing this stuff. Right. Um, and so, you know, I don't, you know, obviously if I get secondary market, but I use the models cause it's like, I've played people like, Hey, what is this? Cause I know what everything is visually. And so, and if it's a whole, okay, this is this, this is this, it's like, you know, you're proxying, you're basically proxying stuff. But for me, I don't, but also, you know, I have friends who do, you know, they have 3d printers. They're like, you need anything? I'm like, no, I personally, I don't, but you know, knock yourself out. 
you pirate. No, <laughs> but you know, this that's my that's my view on it. So I don't. But it is very useful, especially it's like, you know, I'd rather people play the game, and if, if you can afford doing it this way, I want people playing the game. You know, and so. I feel less about the piracy piece, just my own personal standards. Mm-hmm. I think um, to probably separate a few pieces here, um, I despise playing 3D printed armies where I have the same same Mega Gargant that was printed off one STL file. And you just try to tell me that one's King Broad, one is a Gatebreaker, and two's War Stomper mm-hmm. when they look exactly the same. Yeah. I, I that, <laughs> put that to the side. Put that to the side. I think being able to print off alternative models. So for example, like I was talking to some people the other day about the cockatrice. I love the cockatrice. I just hate the GW sculpt. So you know what? If there is a great alternative print that still tells a story of a cockatrice, or maybe it's something that's a bit more thematical to you, like a slanesh cockatrice. Um, for example, I bought a limited edition model from Creature Caster, which was an Australian version of the uh, like a Hydra. Because I wanted in Cities of Sigma, I wanted a Hydra. Uh, and maybe Doors of Cain, it was a Hydra, but so it was Australian. Like Australian Hydra is like all dingo heads on it or something? One, one was a koala, one was a oh, kangaroo. Like, like, I, I, it, it was hilarious, right? But it was it was something to tell a story and it was fun. Um, would I necessarily personally print off a whole army? No. Um, but at the same time, um, it depends. Like if someone printed off an amazing, for example, there is a couple of cool companies that do a full range of Seraphon. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I, I could I've be tempted because, of, yeah, like there's some really good kits. Um, like, if I was know, a... Sorry, I was just saying for older, like, you know, I've seen some like flesh sheet of court stuff that's gorgeous. I'm like, oh, because these models are older, but and I, I get that, but it's like one of those things like not – judging people do it this is just my personal you know how i feel about it like oh i'll just you know and plus i'm terrible at technology and so i would probably burn down my house trying to 3d print something i mean you I can, can get I them can, printed I, from I somewhere barely, else i can barely use the air fryer <laughs> oh, <laughs> at the same time jack like skyer skyer acolytes for example in australia mm-hmm. are 20 dollars a model oh, so yeah. if i want to run a unit of acolytes that's 200 hundred or more dollars for a unit that will die to a stiff breeze and now for models that were like came out when bill clinton was the president of the united states and it's just like so so if there's a way like if there's a way for me to get like you know a newer sculpt gutter runners a new run thing of um or maybe a something that's a bit more slanishy or corny than than what my current kit is or maybe i want to do Nurgle slaves to darkness, but um, I want to have like tentacles and things. I think there's a great way to tell a story. I'm more likely to use 3D printed parts and bits, but um, certainly I have not started an army based on 3D printing. But but who who knows what the world will look like in the future? So up to you. You you do you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, I don't want that to be every single answer. <laughs> like, do what you want to do. Like, yeah, this is yeah. me asking my question, my, my uh, opinion, I'm giving it to you. I think it just depends on the range. Like, some 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 ranges are really supported. Yeah. And it, dep- it just depends. But I, as an opponent, I think you and I both agree that when you come to the table and you tell me this is a certain model it should represent what it's trying to represent. Like, don't try to convince me one thing is something very different to this. Like, yeah. it's not yeah. my job. I'm like, I'm not going to not play. This is just like, 
like, okay, it's easier for me if like it's like boom, know what that does, know what that does. Okay, what's this? What's this? Okay, okay. Uh is there any other contributing factors when it comes to you buying an army, whether it's the time, the cost? Uh we obviously just talked about 3D printing. Like for me, Skaven, for example, is an army I wouldn't touch because the range is old and yeah. I don't like the 3D printing would just be an extra step in the process. But is there any other contributing factors for you uh, other than obviously like the lore and the models and stuff? Yeah. I think like the age of the range, you know, we we're just talking about like, like, um, like if I was like, okay, I bet this is due for something. Like, you know, like, well, okay. Oh, there wasn't like there have been surprises. Like, huh, this didn't get a refresh. Like, only got one new hero. But then it's like, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I probably wouldn't start playing that. So yeah, it's probably just like, you know, and it has to be, it has to like, I have to want to play, you know, the desire to play that sort of, sort of army. I think for me, it's the time, right? Like how long does it take for me to get this on the tabletop? Because that influences the list. It depends on the units that I buy. Uh, if I was to start an army today, which is the 1st of April, um, by the time I get this army painted up ready for a GT, it's very likely the next general's handbook. So for me, I, I can't be too focused on Galatian champions and the current meta. I'm building up something with a long-term kind of focus. So I'm never trying to chase the hotness. Like I'm not going to buy all the chosen and all of the knights at the moment. I'm not going to be Nurgle marking everything because I want the banner. It's about the idea and the vision and building up the the foundation, I guess, of what I want. And then when it comes to being tournament ready i'll tweak i'll buy an extra unit i'll modify depending on the current general's handbook um have you ever started an army based off like receiving some models from like a like a prize pool like have you ever like gone to a gt won a box of i don't know something and gone you know what i'm gonna build an army off this i i haven't i've never started an army that way I, often i'll give the prize away i'm like oh, i've already got too many models i don't need more who asked that question uh, that was Madigan, the okay, yeah, Mortark of Rules. Madigan was given credit. Uh, no, I've never had that happen. But it's it's a great way. But obviously, it's like you have to be playing the game already. But you know, it's like as far as like raffles and stuff, um, you know, get it as you know. But personally, no, never had that happen. Sometimes I might receive a model where I'm like, oh, I could possibly use this in a project. But it's very rare that I'll start a, a what, an army. I have been I've been given armies. Like it's like oh here have the Ideneth army fully painted. It's like oh I guess I'm an Ideneth player. Hey 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 look at me, high tide. Last question and then we'll wrap it up is uh, tweaks oh, wait, wait, in wait, asking. Hey. What there was a question in there where it asked all the armies you had and I went <laughs> I went through and tallied. Where was that? Which one? Uh, right, well, like, let's, it, let's 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 use that at the very end. Let's do the very okay, end. Okay, that okay. that can be our final question. Okay. Um, Tweak synth asking. I'm also conscious of time because you were very oh, okay. adamant of this doing being this a one hour show, and currently wait, it's wait, one hour. Working out the kinks, 38 minutes. Working out the kinks. Working out the kinks. Here we go, mate. It's three o'clock Australia time. I'm I'm good. I can keep talking. Uh, all right. So tweak synth asking, um, and I think this is a really good question as well. Is how much do you consider mechanics when it comes to starting an army? Like. Do you build that 2K list? Um, are you building what you want and just painting it up respectfully? Or are you in the weeds when it comes to the mechanics of the army? Well, I'm a completionist. So if I if I get an army, like I'm getting everything. 
which Cities of Sigmar was, uh, you know, sometimes it's a sandbox. Cities of Sigmar was quicksand for me. I was like, it's too much. I don't need 30 Wildwood Rangers. I don't I need another uh, 2,000 points of KO because um, I have addictive personality, right? But being like, you know, so I, the rules are second. I think like model is first. Like, do I need this for my YouTube channel? That's That pays a factor. And so it's like, um, yeah, so it, it, it's not, the rules aren't high on the thing. Like, because especially for competitive play, like I think more about it, but most of my games aren't tournament play. No, most of it is just casual or, you know, club days and stuff like that. Rules play a part for me. Um, I will absolutely look at rules and some things will inspire me to progress a concept. Um, like, for example, like I'll go Daughters of Cain, the Cauldron of Blood. I love the Cauldron of Blood. I look at the rules and I look at the buffs that it gives an army and I look at the model and I love the model. So I'm like, right, I love this this Cauldron of Blood. Um win lose or draw i want to run the cauldron of blood and i'm going to build an army around a cauldron of blood who benefits from the cauldron of blood now it might not necessarily be the 2k version of that army but i'm like what are the synergies and the combinations and what are the models that i really like that would work well if you were to say to me that only snakes um like your combat snakes work really well your blood sisters and your blood stalkers work with the cauldron i'd go uh, pass you know i don't really want an army of blood sisters and blood stalkers I think the way, like the way you just explained it, that has like my Kraith army is based off a rule. On a four up, I get to fight you again, and I expanded that out in two thousand points. And just I love the little tech. I can run and just pile into you. I control the combats. I retreat, pile right back into. You. And so the rules have affected the way if I'm going to build an army. Yeah, because like, it's like in, one little rule. On a four back up, in the day before for like third edition i i was running gits army that would give you up to minus four to hit i'm like lol <laughs> netters lol geminids lol uh the tr troll hag curse lol another spell in my army and i'd build around this concept <laughs> and it was fun yeah, yeah like itchy nuisance but like some but but like if you said to me anthony this is the combination you've got to run and i'd be like i don't like the models i, I wouldn't always run that just because it's gamey doesn't mean I, i'm drawn to it it has to be this concoction of models that i like and rules that i think are cool mm -hmm. all right the last question that you wanted to bring back to the table yeah. what is it who, who asked it and what was it uh it was question yeah it was like the armies you had i even went back to fantasy and i tabulated Cap all the armies all right. i had right starting with so so, so Mimi, Mimi asked, yeah. um, how many armies have you owned through your career as a player? So that's yeah, the, that's, that's the it. question that's and how we bring right. it home. All right. A certain enough. high elf. First one. That was the, I think third edition or no, fourth edition box for fantasy orcs and goblins, uh, beastmen. And then, um, I don't, what was it? Was it warriors of chaos or was it slaves of darkness? No, no, War Warriors of Chaos, um, because back in the day, demons yeah. were combined. The Demons of Chaos, you had Warriors of Chaos. Yeah, but before a, that, it was it actually was Slaves to Darkness when you go back to the original book. Okay. This was like, I played a Slanesh. That's where I had all my Wand DS stuff I was playing. Um, and then 15 years, then Stormcast, Corn. Hey, yo, that's the, the, one of the, the originals. originals yep. We got Stormcast, Corn, Sons of Behemoth, uh, Karajan Overlords, Cities of Sigmar. Gloom Spike gets bone splitters, iron jaws. I don't know if they count as one now, but 
Um, Darius Kane, Flesh Eater Quartz, Slanesh, Fire Slayers, uh, Lumineth, Deepkin, Slaves of Darkness, Beast of Chaos, Ogre Maw Tribes are all 2,000 points or more of stuff I owned. How many, what percentage do you still have them? Like, do you Ooh. still have most of them, some of them? Um, let's see. I actually still have my high elves <laughs> and beastmen and orcs and goblins from back in the day. Uh, you know, my mom was a hoarder. She kept all that stuff. Um, so still have my, uh, again, just get stuff I got rid of. I got rid of a lot of my KO. Um, so I don't think I have 2,000 points anymore. Bone splitters and iron jaws. Got rid of those. Got rid of my flesh eater quartz, my fire slayers, um, my beast of chaos, and my ogre mod tribe. So I actually did get rid of a, there was a culling uh, when I, when I said I moved in, I looked at all this stuff. And there was a lot of stuff that we had doubles of, like, you know, you like if, you know, doing the channel stuff, like we don't need two of these. All what right. So, good question. All right. So I uh, have the empire, which is now cities of Sigma, but the olden days I have a, a Zinch, Zinch demon army. I have um, uh, Imperial guard and sisters of the sisters, sisters of battle army. Um, oh, as well as as well as space wolves we want to get getting technical here we oh, no, I I, yeah so so <laughs> imperial imperial guard sisters of battle and um and uh, space wolves were my three um 40k armies uh so what have i also got i've got cities of sigma as i previously mentioned stormcast daughters of cain gloom spike gets um i had seraphon that i sold uh, uh, Flesh Eater Courts, Legions of Agash, aka Soulblight Gravelords, um, currently Slaves the Darkness. Um, I think that's mostly, mostly, but for me, I usually go deep as opposed to going wide. Like I've got easily 20,000 points of Cities of Sigma. <laughs> I've got, I've got like eight oh, wow. mega, I've got like eight mega gargants. Um, like I've got like almost like two or three of varieties. Like I, I, I go deep rather than going wide. Really does an army. I, I've, I've got so many. I've got, I think I've got like two Ikea shelves that have like double shelves. I've got like eight shelves. Like I'm just, I'm stacked with cities. Um, Stormcast, like you name it. So yeah, I, I usually go deep as opposed to going wide. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's all my armies. I'm sure there's like one I've forgotten about. Yeah, I like yours. Just the swag you got. You got like a gas sword over there. You got Gal Moraz. You got that yeah, over there. Yeah, 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 I know. I know what I got. I know what I got. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna hang it up on the wall eventually. But... <laughs> Jack, what's coming up on the channel? Is there anything coming up on re-rolling ones oh. that we should be keeping an eye out that we're allowed we're, to talk about? No, uh, that I'm allowed to talk about. No. <laughs> but there's some cool stuff. Like, oh, Brent and Shoe. Brent and Shoe coming back for a battle report. That's, uh, hey, old school fans. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's some cool changes. Like, again, the move. But, yeah. Uh, appreciate everybody who's stuck with us since day one, who's come, who's left. Hey, man, this community is great. And it's great. I love meeting people in person. So um, yeah, I'm, uh, there's a U.S. Open coming here into my local place in July. Hit me up. You can crash with me. Crash at my place. Hey. <laughs> uh, and let, you know, don't be weird about it. But, um, yeah. So uh, thank you, Coach. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, the next time we uh, record, hopefully we'll be live. We can do the simulcast thing you were telling me about. And uh, ooh, and then, uh, yeah. How are you? You have computer, anything going computer. on? 
computer's gone pretty well so far so hopefully we'll be back live um very soon there's had some tech issues but for me i'll have a couple of gts up my well i have a gt or two up my sleeve next month um uh, i have a slanesh show tomorrow which i'm really excited to talk about uh heat nights of slanesh and uh maybe there's some stuff coming in the near future who knows who knows something deathly but jack this has been great. Uh, glad we have gotten to two episodes on the finest hour. Probably, probably still working on our hour. Maybe we need to like put an S oh, in the front. No, and... see, we like we wanted him to say uh, the finest hour. O U R, and he put the H in there. It was, you know, these guys it's hard to find good help. Shut up, Jack. The <laughs> See you all next time. If you've enjoyed this and if it's a topic, by the way, that you want to hear from us, you have, we want an opinion, maybe you have a thought, leave it in the comment section. Um, go check out Rerolling Ones if you haven't already. Subscribe there. Um, there's a little thing that Jack doesn't know about that we are both approaching 20,000 subscribers very soon. I have a personal little goal trying to beat him. So he's currently at 19,500. I'm at like just about to crack 1,900, 19,000. So let's see who can get to 20,000 first. Oh, for sure. Let's do it. I'm going to pay for mine. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Coach. I hope, hope you enjoyed the discussion. All right. Later, my friend. All right, mate. Thanks. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. Now, if you did, I would love it if you press like on the video, as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you are all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a double one on a spellcast.